tonight can say he's your strength. He's your shield. He's all that you have need of in the time of trouble. Church, he goes before us. He drives out the enemy. With him as your strength, with him as your shield, you can face any challenge tonight. You can meet any devil tonight. You can overcome every obstacle put in your way. I'm telling you, with him going before us, church, with him going before us. He told David, he said, when you hear the sound of a going, when you hear the sound of a going, then go out and face the enemy. What was the sound of a going? If you look in it, it was actually angels' footsteps. When you hear angels marching, when you hear the army of God going out before you, then it's time to strike. What have we been hearing in these services? What's been taking place all over the world? There's angels marching. There's angels marching before you. He's gone out before you. Now let's take courage tonight. Take courage in your battle. Take courage in your struggle. And let's go out and meet the enemy tonight. You will have victory. You will secure victory because he's already gone out before you. I hear the sound of a going. I hear angels marching. I hear almighty God moving in this place. Church, I'm ready for victory. I'm ready for the bride of Jesus Christ to rise up and say enough is enough. Enough is enough. Let's take our positions tonight. The battle is set in array. Who will go? Who will go? Here I am. Send me. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we stand in your presence tonight, Lord God, thankful. Lord, knowing you are here, feeling your presence amongst us, Lord. Lord, and even if there was no feeling, your word declares it, and that's enough for me. Your word declares that you're here. Lord, and you're here to do battle. You're here to set the captive free. You're here to save the lost. You're here to heal the sick. That's what you do. Lord, and we're thankful and we're under great expectations tonight, Lord. Lord, because we know you've shown up and you do not show up without purpose. But Lord, you show up for victory. We're here to take it tonight, Lord. We're here to fight because we've got the greatest leader, the chief captain. Lord, your prophet would tell us he's never once seen you go into battle that you didn't come packing out the victory. And here we are, Lord. It's time for battle. And we're expecting nothing but complete and total victory. Lord, we ask you now to take control of this service. You knew every soul that would be here before the foundation of the world. Lord, this isn't just a church service. It's a predestinated moment. Lord, help us to step into the vision as it were. To remove ourselves out of the way and let you operate in the way you intended when you foresaw this service. I ask you to take control now, Father, of each and every part. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. We'll start at verse 1. Very familiar scripture. Very familiar story we'll be coming from tonight. Brother Craig, it's wonderful to see you and your family. God bless you. It says, Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shokah, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shokah and Azekah and Ephes Damon. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. 
And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs, and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. You know, I read that and it struck me. That was just another man bearing his shield. His shield bearer was just another Philistine, but the one that went before David was Almighty God. The one that goes before you tonight is just not another person carrying your shield. He is your shield. He is your buckler. What do we have to fear? And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? And not I, Philistine, and you servants to Saul, choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. And if he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall you be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. May God add his blessing as you have your seats. Tonight I'd like to take a, a simple thought and title it, Challenged, Now We Fight. Challenged, Now We Fight. You know, I feel like sometimes that we think that we are waiting on God to move on our behalf. In reality, God has done all that he needs to do for us. He has already paid the price. He has already healed the sickness. He has already saved our souls. And he's waiting on us to respond to the challenge. He's waiting on us to step out in faith and do our part. And Brother Brandon would say time after time that if the Lord Jesus was here in this very suit tonight, he couldn't do no more for you than what he's already done. He's already met the challenge. He already knew what you would go through. He's already provided for the situation that you're in tonight. And we're sitting back going, God, move, God, move. And he's saying, no, son, I've already done it for you. You move. You step out tonight. You do your part. You come out the boat and walk on the waters. That thing's not going to harm you because I've already taken care of this situation. And so he's waiting on us to take a stand. He's waiting on us to take a step. And ever since the fall in the Garden of Eden, that's how it's been. Man has had to battle the enemy for every inch of ground. We know that, that the enemy came to Eve and with his lies he deceived her and she fell. And then in turn Adam also fell. And because of this fall, all of mankind was sold into sin. Relationship with God and fellowship with God, they were all cut off. They weren't how they once had been. Brother Branham says that then angel battles come down to earth and they become human battles. He said that Satan come to destroy what God had created. He said the battle came to earth and it began in us and it has been raging ever since. I'm telling you church, the battle that started, it has been raging ever since. It is a daily battle. It is a daily struggle. Sometimes we don't know how we're going to take the next step. But let me tell you tonight how we're going to take the next step. We're going to take it through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to take the next step because we win. We're going to take the next step because Satan don't have enough tonight to stop you. It doesn't matter what he's put you through. 
through. He's not going to stop you. You are predestinated. You are anointed to overcome. You are predestinated and anointed for this moment. He cannot stop us. But man's position became a contested position. And even though everything that was lost, it was restored there at Calvary. Brother Brown would say every redemptive promise of God was restored back to us. We still must constantly fight for it. It's been restored, but you're going to have to fight for it. Down through the ages, every man that has ever obtained anything from God has fought for it. He has put his shoulder to the wheel. He's put on the armor of God. And he's gone to battle and he's fought for everything he's ever gotten. Every man that ever overcame. Every man that was ever healed. Every man that ever received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They fought for it. They fought for it. They went to war for it. It was a constant battle of faith. It constantly is at war. And it's not going to be any different in your life tonight, church. You see something that belongs to you. You, you see a promise. You see something that, that God has restored to us. And you say, that's mine. I'm going to go get it. And I agree with you. It is yours. And you do have rights to it. But you're going to have to fight in order to obtain it. You've got to be ready to fight not only to get it, but you're going to have to fight to keep it. When you get your healing, the devil's going to come tell you you didn't get your healing. When you get delivered, he's going to tell you that you're not delivered. When you come and you want salvation, he's going to say you can't get it. And then when you are saved, he's going to say nothing really happened. You're going to have to fight for everything God has given you. And then you're going to have to fight to keep it. Church, this isn't a picnic, but we are in a battle. We're in a battle and there's a challenge that's gone forth. Who will come out and fight this enemy? Who will face the Goliath? Who will face the God of this evil age? I believe I'm looking at people tonight that's willing to step out into the valley. Willing to face the enemy and say, I'll go because I've heard a call. I know who I am and I know what belongs to me. Brother Branham says, now remember, he gave them the land, but they had to fight for every inch of it. God told Joshua, everywhere the soles of your feet sets, that I give you. Footsteps meant possession. Now to you people that was prayed for, all of you last night was here. Somebody laid hands on you and we prayed. The presence of the Lord came down, revealed himself right with the word so to show that it was true. He's here. There's no fooling. There's no mistake. It's here. It's the truth. We don't presume anything else. We lay aside reasonings. We cast them down. We take the word. We take the word and move on. The word said so. Now you say, then the promise is mine. Sure, but you'll fight every inch of it till you're well. You'll take, you'll take every step of it. It's a battle. The promise is yours. That was a promised land. They had to fight to get every step of it. And the promise is yours tonight, but you'll fight for every inch of it. I was called by God to preach the gospel 31 years ago, and I fought ever since. Every inch of ground, I fought with the sword of God, taking the promise and cutting away. Oh, Brother Aaron, I'm surrounded tonight. Just cut away and take another step. Oh, there, there are thousands of devils. Cut away tonight and take another step. Swing your sword tonight. Don't leave it in the sheath, but swing the sword. And if that don't get you far enough, swing it again and swing it again and swing it again and keep swinging till freedom's yours, healing's yours, deliverance is yours, every promise is yours. Swing the sword tonight, church. Man has had to fight for every inch of ground. Satan challenging them at every turn, constantly in your ear. You don't deserve it. You can't obtain it. 
you can't receive it. And Satan is determined more than ever now in this last day to fight you, to lie to you, to battle against you, to keep you from attaining all that God has promised for you in their last days. Listen, we didn't get all the way down here to the end and Satan goes, you know what? They're right. They keep telling me I'm defeated. They keep telling me they're healed. I'm just going to back off. No, it's not going to be that way. Listen, I was sitting there praying with my dad in the hospital the other day, and he looked at at me, and he said, the devil just don't quit, does he? No, he don't. But neither does my God. My God don't quit, and his people don't quit, and his anointed don't quit, and we keep going, and we keep fighting, and we keep pressing on, because our God is greater. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So let him do his worst. Let him come. Let him fight. But somebody's going to take his head off tonight. So he's going about now like a roaring lion. He knows his time is short. And he's going to challenge you and he's going to fight you and he's going to scream and he's going to kick all the way down. You're going to be tested. Your faith is going to be tried. Your courage is going to be proved. Listen, he challenged Jesus. He challenged the apostles. He had challenged every great man down through the ages. He challenged Brother Branham. He's going to challenge you. Brother Branham says, and as it was then, so it is now that when God's people starts to go to do something, the enemy always has a challenge. He's always going to challenge you for it. But let me tell you something. We're fighters. We're not quitters. We're the kind of people that even if we've been punched and beat and knocked down and kicked and dragged and we go sit down in the corner and we're sitting there like a boxer between rounds and they're putting the water on your face and they're giving you instructions. You know, when that bell rings, if you stay sitting right there, the fight's over. If you stay sitting right there, they say he didn't answer the bell. But I'm telling you, the bell rang and somebody's coming out the corner. Somebody's coming to the middle of the ring and somebody's going to keep fighting. Somebody's going to keep going. Somebody can take the devil's best part and say, is that all you got? I'm coming out the corner tonight. I'm answering the bell. The fight's still on. We're just now reaching the championship rounds. Come out the corner and answer the bell. Answer the bell tonight. I say challenge accepted. Somebody says challenge accepted. We're fighters. January 4th, 2020. I'd been struggling with some health issues in my body, and I received a text from Brother Ron Spencer. said, take courage, buddy. We are fighters. January 13th, 2020, barely a week later, I'd found out about his cancer diagnosis, and I wrote him a text just trying to encourage him. We're praying and believing. God has moved for you before. He'll do it again. Just a simple text, and he wrote back one sentence inspiration for what I'm even preaching tonight. He wrote back and said, Goliath has shown up. Now we fight. Goliath has shown up in your life. Goliath has shown up on your promises. Goliath has shown up in your field, in your house, in your children. Goliath has showed up with depression and sickness. I say, now we fight. Now we fight. 
I'm not giving in. I'm not backing up. I'm not sitting in the tent listening to your boats, listening to your lies. But now we fight in the name of the Lord. Go forth to meet him tonight. Meet him right there in the valley and take his head off. It's time that the armies of the living God answer the bell, answer the challenge. You've been challenged. Now we fight. Sure, Satan has a challenge. He always has. But God always has somebody he can put his finger on that will answer the call. He's always had somebody that would answer the bell. Just like Satan didn't get all the way down here to quit, I can tell you one thing, I didn't get all the way down here to quit. I didn't get all the way down to the end time. Uh, right before the rapture of the church, down in the seventh age, the rapture age, the bride age, the Laodicean age, I didn't get all the way down here just to quit. We didn't come all this way through many dangers, toils, and snares just to give up here in the last day. Listen, some of you, he's been telling you for 30 years you wasn't going to make it. Some of you, he's been telling you for years you was going to give up. He's been telling you you're not going to make it. You're not good enough. You're going to quit. You're going to quit. You're going to quit. Some of y'all need to look him in the eyes tonight and say, I'm still here. I'm still here. You've been telling me that a long time. But devil, I'm still here. I'm still fighting. I haven't went nowhere yet. And I'm not going anywhere anytime soon except in a rapture, except to victory. Tell him tonight, I'm still here. I'm still fighting. God has got a people that is willing to rise to the challenge of this hour. Willing to face the enemy and say, get off my property. Get out of my life. Give me my health back. Give me my joy back. Give me my victory back. Listen, it ain't just for preachers. It ain't just for deacons. It ain't just for singers. Listen, it's for, it's for teenagers. It's for housewives. It's for boys and little boys and little girls. It's for everybody in the sound of my voice. It is for you. That victory is for you. That deliverance is for you. That healing is for you. That salvation is for you. That devil is a liar. You have not gone too far. You wouldn't be here tonight. He wouldn't be tugging on your heart if you'd gone too far. But you're right where you were supposed to be. He saw you here before the foundation of the world. And he said, answer the call. Answer the challenge. It's for you. more like Israel. Israel don't take with allowing trespassers. One footstep into their property, one rocket launch, one attack, and they said, we retaliate. We're going to fire back. It's time some of y'all picked up the rocket launcher of the word and fired one right back at them. Too long we took shells. Too long we took bombardment. Too long we sat there and listened, and we began to listen and believe. That's the problem. That's the problem. Listen to me. Faith comes by hearing, but doubt comes by listening as well. You can't constantly give your ear to the enemy and then expect to overcome him. Uh, you got to turn your ear away, and when he lobs a lie at you, just lob it right back at him. Get that rocket launcher and fire one right back at him. Say, no, this is my territory. That's my border. I believe it was Brother Andrew Glover said, draw a line in the sand. And if he near it dares come across it, just launch one. I tell you what, if he even gets too close to it, go ahead and launch one at him. He deserves it anyway. Just go ahead and launch one at the enemy tonight. Fire one at him. Protect your land. Too many times we're facing the things we're facing because we didn't do anything. 
because we waited too long because we didn't think it was that big a deal. Listen, he doesn't belong in your land. It's your land. Therefore, it belongs to you. He has no right there. It doesn't matter where he is. It doesn't matter what part of the land he's on. It doesn't matter if he's just out there in the outskirts. It doesn't matter if he's just barely nibbling at your joy. Barely messing with your peace just a little bit. Barely trying to disrupt your home just a little bit. And you're going, that's not that big a deal. It is a big deal because that's not all he wants. That's not all he's after. He's just looking for a foothold. He's looking for an opportunity to come in and destroy, to rob, to kill, to take everything God promised you. If he's even trying to touch a little bit of my promise, I say blast him. I say take the word and go on the offensive tonight and run him clear out of the country. Run him out. I don't know why this has came to my mind, but I used to tell my kids the story of the three little pigs, and Jackson loves it. And the story ends with, the last thing you saw was the big bad wolf running over the farthest hill, and he never came back again. But too many times, we just run him out a little bit and go, that'll do. That'll be, no, chase that big bad wolf out of the country. Chase him till he's too far away. Keep him on the run. Keep him going. Stay on his trail. Sick him. Go after him. Let him have no peace tonight. Don't minimize the devil's presence in the land because you, seem, you deem the situation no big deal. It is a big deal. I've said this before. Let's simplify it because sometimes, well, is that that big a deal? And did Brother Branham really mean that? And it's just, Listen, if it's in the word, if it's in the message, Brother Branham was here for a short period of time. There's 1,100 and something sermons on tape. If God deemed it important enough to take up space on one of them tapes, in the short amount of time he was here, it's a big deal. If he deemed it important enough to put it in this word, I don't care if it's one word, two words, it is a big deal. Quit minimizing just because it ain't a big deal according to what you think. It's a big deal. And if he's trespassing on your land, even if it's the edge of your land, it's still trespassing. Don't dismiss the issue and act like nothing's happening. Don't wait till he's inside your house to try to deal with it. Don't wait till your family is in danger. Go after him now. Go after him tonight. Leave no doubt where you stand. We're too passive. You know, it would do wonders for your children to see daddy go to war with the devil. It would do wonders for your marriage, for your spouse to see you go to war for the marriage vow you made years ago. It would do wonders for your family. If you would take, take, take down the Goliath that's honing your life instead of just dealing with it and making excuses for it because it sets a trend and it sets a cycle. Daddy lived with it. Daddy never overcame it. I guess I'm not going. It's like I try to tell people, don't let those family cycles follow you. Don't let those family cycles bring you down. I say all the time, it ran in my family until it ran into me. It ran in my family until it ran into me. Listen, you go to the doctor and they want to know all about your daddy's health. All about his, his health issues and your family health issues. Why? That way they can take something and pin it on you. Uh, you're probably going to have this. Or, let me tell you something. A little bit about the history of my father. My father overcame death. He overcame hell. He overcame the grave. My father is the mighty conqueror. He is victorious. None can stand before him. None can stand before him. That's my family history. That's my family history. Let me tell you about him. He is almighty. He is powerful. He is glorious. 
is healer. He's coming back for me. That's my father. That's my history. Hallelujah. Stand up for what's yours. Be the leader of your home. Have a backbone. Come on now, stand up against that makeup coming into your house. Stand up against the tight clothes. Stand up against the hours and hours of worthless movies and things. Stand up against those things. Come on, face the challenge. It's not easy. It's never easy. Stand up and face it tonight. It's not easy, but eternity's worth it. I say eternity's worth it. Your family's worth it. Your soul's worth it. Take a stand. Take a stand and fight. Tell that devil you're not going to rule me. Brother Branham says, I'm telling, telling you, it sent the rock to the killing place. And down went Goliath. You know what happened? Then the Israelites took courage, and away they went. They cut Philistines, plumbed to the walls. It just takes one person that's got enough courage to step out and say, it's right, and God said so. Brother, you'll down a Goliath, and your whole family will go to cutting Philistines the first thing you know. Let's make this a family affair. Make it a family affair. Go out there and start cutting some Philistines' heads off. Start doing some overcoming. Start being victorious. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. What an awesome God we serve. There is a people, a chosen people called for this day, called to stand. And Satan has stepped out in this age and declared his great challenge. Satan says, I've made this world too too evil. I've made it too evil. I'm too powerful. I filled the world with doubt. I filled this world with fear. There's not going to be any overcomers. You're not going to rapture. There will not be a victorious church. You will not receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But judging by some of the things people are preaching and teaching today, a lot of preachers agree with the devil. Listen, he's challenging anointed services. He's challenging the moving of the Spirit. He's challenging the creating of an atmosphere that allows those bursts to take place. Trying to rob the life right out of services against worship, against the moving of the Holy Spirit. Listen, that's why Jude had to say there in the first verse, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. It was already, they were already coming in. They were already trying to change it. They were already trying to formalize it. Listen, that's a great challenge in this day. It is a great challenge that the devil would come in and try to formalize things. Jude says contend for it. Fight for it. Challenge accepted. Now we fight. We will not stand for that in evening light tabernacle. We're not going to stand for some formalized religion. We got to fight for it. We can't let it slip away. We can't let man's ideas come and twist it up. Listen, we got to learn from the mistakes of the past ages, from from the past moves of God at the very first age in, in the Ephesian age. The wolves came in with that Nicolaitan spirit. And they began to try to formalize things and already do away with the experience of Pentecost that had just come only a few short years before that. They tried to do away with that. And at first it was called their deeds, but very shortly it became their doctrine. It became the doctrine. 
And it began to rob the life out of it to where each church age got more and more formal, more and more formal. Listen, it's time we square our shoulders back. I don't care who it offends. I'm not here to offend anybody or preach against it. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying square your shoulders back and say, not on my watch. It's not going to happen on my watch that some cold, formal, denominational spirit. Listen, denomination isn't some church name somewhere with soup suppers on Tuesday night and family. No, denomination is a spirit. And it tries to come in and it tries to rob the life out of a church. And I say, no, no, sir, not today, Satan. Not in this church. Not in this bride. Not in this revival. It's our time. It's our time. Listen, you ain't going to take away the opportunity of my children to have a backside of the desert, old-fashioned, tongue-talking, lick of fire, woo, sound of the rushing mighty wind, baptism of the Holy Ghost. My kids can have it too. And I will fight for it. I'll stand for it. And I'll answer that bell all day, every day. That's a devil. I'm not calling no man or no minister a devil by no means. But the spirit that wants to rob the experience out of a church, Brother Branham called it Antichrist then, so it's Antichrist now. It hasn't changed. Look, I'll fight for that. Look, they done church ordered the leadership of the Holy Spirit right out of the services. Can't have no song written after 1957. I don't know why 57. Because that was old. Every move of the spirits labeled Pentecostal. Every person that, that moves and gets excited and maybe they shout and dance and run and we're quick to wonder. I wonder if they just got in the flesh. I mean, I wonder. Why are you wondering? Why do you care? How about you just taste and see? How about you taste it? Why am I worried about if they got in the flesh? That's not my business. That's not for me to want. I'm just thankful they're not sitting there dead. I'm thankful they're not sitting there asleep. I see a young person run around the building. I wish I'd have ran around the building a few times when I was a young person. I wish I'd have cared enough. I wish I'd have been involved enough. It blesses my heart every single time. I never once have thought, I wonder if they're in the flesh. What? Then you obviously are because you ain't caught up in the worship enough to even be worried. You're worried about who's running around, who's worshiping, who's doing this. I say be free. I say be free. I say let the spirit move. I say if he moves and tells you to run, run. If he tells you to shout, shout. Just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Brother Branham said here in the tabernacle, we want you all to know these things here. When God begins to pour out the Holy Spirit upon, upon people, now notice, this is God pouring out the Holy Spirit. When he begins to pour out the Holy Spirit upon people, sometimes I know I've seen people get in the flesh when they were under the anointing of the Spirit. So notice, it's not that the Spirit's not on them. It's not that the Holy Spirit didn't pour it out on them. He said, I, in other words, I've seen them get so excited they didn't know how to contain themselves. And they got in the flesh a little bit. What's he going to say about that? Ooh, he's supposed to blast them. They done went and got in the flesh. Ooh, they probably ain't never coming back to the tabernacle. I've seen them get in the flesh when they were under the anointing of the Spirit. I've seen them go to extremes with things. But don't you say nothing about it. But don't you say nothing about it. You respect it. What? You respect it. Bow your head 
You might not understand it. Neither would I. But I want to respect it anyhow. We must have respects to God. And when God pours out the Holy Spirit, I just say, thank you, Heavenly Father. You have done something for that poor, precious soul, and they just want to go to your home like I do someday. So if you got a problem with it, the prophet gave you pretty basic instructions. Just bow your head and respect it. I love that quote. I woke Lydia up the night at 1130 and said, listen to this. Look what I just found. Said, well, you're going to like it. Just listen. Be careful what you criticize, church. Be careful what you run down around your dinner table. Your child may have a gift of speaking in tongues or any other gift. I'm not elevating that specific gift or playing music or being a singer. But because they hear you constantly run down the movement of the spirit and run down being free in church, they begin to cover that gift up and they develop a complex. And that gift is never used for the glory of God and you will answer for it. Be careful what you run down. The moving of the Spirit is being challenged. The experience of the Holy Ghost is being challenged. Our services are being challenged. Your healing is being challenged. Your victory is being challenged. Your deliverance, your salvation, it's all being challenged. And I don't know, maybe others have sat around for 40 years or 40 weeks or 40 days or 40 hours or whatever it was, and they sit there and listen to that and listen to that. But I believe I'm looking at a people that say, you know what, I think I've heard just about enough. I think I've heard enough of you running down things, of telling our young people they can't have the Holy Ghost, of telling me I can't be healed. I've heard about enough of it, and I'm here tonight to shut your mouth. I'm here tonight to answer the challenge. Listen, the problem was Saul and his men listened too long. They listen too long. I'm not going to listen for 40 days. I'm not going to listen for 40 weeks. I'm not going to listen for one more minute to the lies of the enemy. It is no edification to me. It's nothing but lies and it's filth. And I say tonight, Satan, I will answer your challenge. I'm not listening anymore to you spreading your lies and spreading your fear. Don't listen another minute. Listen, they're your promises. They're yours. I believe, listen, there may be another generation that wouldn't accept it, but I believe there's young people today saying, that's mine right there. I'll take that. There's people sitting in this church tonight that say, I won't be robbed of my opportunity at a revival. I won't be robbed of my healing. I won't be robbed of my deliverance. If no one else will go, I'm going in the valley tonight. I'm going down there to meet that devil. I'm going to meet that Goliath. I don't care. You can all stay in your tent. I'm going down there. I'm going to shut him up once and for all. In every age, he's put forth his challenge. In every age, the enemy has boasted. And in every age, God has somebody that would arise to that challenge. Whether it was in the Old Testament, whether it was down through the seven church ages, the enemy's always challenged the people of God. And most of us, we're never going to face what they may have faced down through the dark ages. Different trials, different times, different people, different anointings. But we should never forget what those people went through for the sake of the gospel. When the enemy roared his boast, they stood. Facing torture, they stood. Condemned to death, they stood. And they're watching today. Because they know that they without you can't be made perfect. And there's going, somebody's got to answer the challenge. We did it. We stood. We answered the challenge. Who down there is going to do it? Who's going to answer in this day? They're counting on you tonight to, to face that challenge. 
There were men and women burned alive. Young people who were not, who would not recant, even though they were tortured, even though they were being killed. How? Brother, and how? How did they do it? They were anointed for the age. They were anointed for that challenge. And they rose and they stood and they met the challenge of that day. Brother Branham says, but when you think of that little group whose members were sawn asunder, fed to lines, persecuted, and driven from pillar to post, and yet stayed true to the word, now definitely that would have to be God. How they survived their battle of faith and carried on still. He says, a few weeks ago I walked into the catacombs where old bones and skulls, just about that much of them left, where saints and martyrs died, and I stood in the area where they fed them to lines and everything else. And without batting an eye, they went to death knowing this, that they knew they knew him in the power of his resurrection, that someday shaking from there, they would come forth as the blood-washed saints of the living God. Oh, church, what a testimony. And what about us? What about the things we face? I say we ought to be able to stand. It's a shame if we can't stand. It's time we stand because God has always got somebody to put his finger on. I say, Lord, here I am. Put your finger on me, Lord. Lead me. Guide me. Give me the courage I need to face what I have to face. He says, you know, God always has a remnant of the people that's going to believe him somewhere. He always has a remnant. Someone he can lay his hands on. Always has. Always will. See, every age had its challenge. And yet in every age, somebody stood. And although we're not living in in that type of physical persecution, and although we're not under that ox anointing, as it were, that's where we physically have to lay our lives down, the challenges that we face are no less real. The challenges that we face, and spiritually speaking, they're no less difficult. Spiritually speaking, this is one of the most challenging hours that man has ever known. As a matter of fact, you are facing the greatest challenge that believers have ever faced. There has never been a more unbelieving age than the age that we live in right now. Churches around the world are dying. And amongst those that do still have church doors open and those that still go to church, there are very few that actually believe in the power of a supernatural God, a God that will heal and deliver and save and change your life. There's very few that still believe those things. No one has faced what this generation has to face when it relates to doubt and as it relates to fear. Because this is Satan's Eden. It was the very first thing he did in the original Eden is he made them fear. He brought fear and it broke that fellowship. And once again, how many times do people, brother, and I'm afraid. Fear, 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 fear. It's a weapon of the enemy. And this age is full of it. It's infiltrated this age. And it's also the age of unbelief. Brother Brown said in 1964, unbelief is the most horrible thing there is in the world. What? Unbelief. He said, if you could only take a spiritual looking glass and look into your soul, you doubt and you'd find out what it looks like. And the greatest devil, the chief of all devils is unbelief. The chief of all devils is unbelief. The chief of all devils has infiltrated the age of Laodicea. He's done it in every avenue of our life. He's infiltrated schools. He infiltrated science. He infiltrated entertainment. He's infiltrated religion. He's infiltrated and permeated everything that surrounds our life. It's in the news. Listen, church, you must have the seal of God. You must have the seal of God in order to stand and meet the challenge in this day. 
I thank God there's been a message that was sent that turned our hearts back to the fathers that lifted up faith that allowed us to the faith of the fathers to allow us to stand that has allowed us to meet the challenge without this message there would be no one to rise to the challenge of the age without this message listen we should cherish it we should feed on it. We should read it. We should listen to it. We should take part of it. God went through great trouble and he did extraordinary things to make sure you had a message that would deliver. A message that would allow you to meet the challenge of the day. Because Satan has taken 6,000 years since the fall of man to study you. To find every weakness. Every temptation that would catch a man's eye. Every temptation that would attract a woman. Every vice and every temptation that would appease the flesh. And he's figured them all out. He's figured them all out exactly. He's put it all right here in the closing of time. And then he created a society where those things are now looked upon as being okay. As looked upon as being good. Listen, I've said it before. There's, the evil has always been here. Homosexuality has always been around. And sex sins and evil and all these things. That's always existed. But the difference is, even going back to when I was a kid, those things were done in the haunts and the shadows and in the dregs of society. Those things weren't done out in the public. But now it's become mainstream, and you're the oddball if you're against it. You're weird if you think something's wrong with it. It's come right out in your face. And that John has walked right out in the valley right before you and said, is there anybody that will stand against me? Is there anybody that can call right, right, and wrong, wrong? And he's walking right in front of you and in front of your children. And he's challenging them, saying, can any of you stand? Can any of you resist the temptations and the filth of this world? I say yes. I say there's a people that can stand. I say there's a people that will accept the challenge. I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to back up. Heat the fire seven times hotter, okay? But we will not bow down. We will not give in. It is the most evil age. And the enemy is making his boast. He's come out and openly declared war on you. 1 Samuel 17.10 And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And he boasts, I have created an Eden that crushes faith. 200 million demons released from the river Euphrates, and they have one target, you. And he boasts, you will not rapture. You will not overcome. I have torn down the traditional family structures in this last day. I've replaced prayer time with social media time. I've come in and made everything else of great importance. And he boasts, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States, affecting 40 million adults in the United States, 18 and older. 17.3 million Americans yearly struggle with depression. And he boasts, one person every 40 seconds will commit suicide. And he boasts, it is the second leading cause of death among teenagers. And he boasts, the U.S. has 13 million single-parent homes. 35% of downloads from the Internet are pornographic. 40 million Americans say they regularly visit pornography sites. 70% of men age 18 to 24 visit a porn site at least once a month. One-third of all Internet 
porn users are women. And he boasts. One in every five mobile phone searches is for pornography. My kid don't deal with it. You better wake up. You better be real with yourself. Not be afraid to meet the challenge. Not be afraid to deal with things that's coming in the home. Listen, I don't know how to word this exactly. It ain't a shame for young people to struggle with things. It's a shame they won't nobody stand up and try to help them. It's a shame that people won't go to war for them. It's a shame people won't fight for them. Instead, they'd rather go, hey, my boy's a good boy. I agree with you. I believe your boy's a son of God, but I believe right now he needs deliverance and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I believe parents need to step up and accept the challenge and go to war for him and go to prayer for him and not be afraid to fight. How many times we have kids come up needing deliverance and they'll be sitting there at the altar and mom and dad don't ever even show up. Might embarrass my boy if I go up there. Let me tell you what, it's going to be real embarrassing when he turns and looks at you on the day of judgment and says, why? Why don't you fight for me? Why don't you draw your sword? He's boasting, and he's after you. He's after your spouse. He's after your children. He's after everything we hold dear, but somebody's going to say no. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. I'm going to fight you tooth and nail. I'm going to fight you till I got no fight left in me. I tell you what, look, I believe we win. But my daddy always told me something when I was in high school. He said, son, if you get in a fight, you don't have to win. I understand. Sometimes you lose fights. He said, but that person better not ever want to fight you ever again. He said he better know he's been in a fight. And he better say, ooh, I might have won. Let me tell you what, it's going to be just the opposite. We are going to wear that devil out. I'm going to wear him out from one side to the other. I'm going to wear him out up and down. I'm going to give him no rest. I'm going to give him no peace. I guarantee you one thing. When he leaves here, he says, I don't ever want to fight those people again. I've had enough. I've had all I can take. I say give him some tonight. If he wants some, come and take it. Come and get it. Challenge accepted. Accept the challenge. Oh, you shouldn't talk to the devil that way. I'm not afraid to talk to the devil that way because I know where I'm standing. I know who I am. I know what I've been called to do. I don't have that soul mentality of I'm a little bit worried. No, sir. There's a different set of ears here tonight. And I say, I will accept the challenge being put before me tonight. I don't care how evil the world is. There will be a bride without spot or wrinkle. That's thus saith the Lord. Somebody's going to rise to the challenge because somebody's going to fulfill that scripture. By the way, 71% of teens admit to hiding all their online behavior from their parents. Let me tell y'all something that you don't like to hear. When it comes to these things, your kid is smarter than you. Sorry. They are. Let me tell you what. We got every firewall and every block you can imagine on computers at school. And I bet once a week some kid's getting in trouble because they done got around it and looked at things they ain't supposed to. Yes, sir. I'm talking about stuff it would take a hacker to do. And that sixth grader who can't pass English is in there. <laughs> you got to guard the door. You got to apply the token. 
Listen, don't nothing come through that door that you ain't aware of, that you don't know about. Listen, we're not perfect. There's going to be times that things come to your attention that's in your home that make you go, what? It's going to happen. But don't let it become so common that you've become used to it being in your home. It should shock you and appall you and make you go to war. It should make you go to battle, make you draw your sword. And he boasts. And he does this day after day after day. Chapter 17, verse 16. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. And the challenge goes forth. Who will stand in Satan's Eden? Send me a man. Send me a woman. Send me a young person. Send me an old person. Send me someone. Is there no one who will stand and fight? Listen, if you think you're just going to sit around in your tent while Goliath marches back and forth through your promises and over your valleys and through your hills and robs your joy and robs your victory and you just peek it out of the tent and you're just going to stay there to rapture day and then you're going in rapture, that's not how it works. All right, those people ain't going to know the rapture happened because their tent's closed up. They're not even going to know I'm gone. They're not even going to know the battle's been happening in the valley. You've got to come out of the tent. You've got to have victory. You've got to overcome those things that are tormenting you. You were put here to win. You were put here to fight. This isn't about having a better doctrine than other people and having a better lifestyle than other people. It's about overcoming every single devil in hell. It's about being victorious. It's about being the bride of Jesus Christ. And the bride of Jesus Christ is not afraid to fight. Well, I believe the message, Brother Aaron. I know God sent a prophet. I had an experience back in 78. Awesome. I'm glad you did. You had one this week? Have you been in the presence of God lately? Have you made your call in an election? Sure. Have you, se- have you been seeking that refilling? Have you been seeking to walk daily in his presence? Because that's the only way you're going to be able to fight. It's the only way you're going to be able to stand. Look, where are the soldiers? Where are the anointed ones? I say it's time that we begin to prophesy to the devil like David did. On this day. No, I'm not going to deal with it tomorrow. But David began to prophesy. And then he walked into the prophecy that he prophesied. He said, this day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. And I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. Now notice, he didn't just stop there. He didn't just promise to feed Goliath's carcass. He says, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. We like to talk about a living God, but somebody's going to display him to the world. Somebody's going to say, on this day I'm overcoming. On this day I'm casting down depression. On this day I overcome those sins that have so easily beset me that the whole world may know there is a living God at Evening Light Tabernacle. There is an evening, uh, there is a living God in Tennessee, a living God in Virginia, a living God in Connecticut, a living God in Texas. It's not an evening like tabernacle revival. It's the bride's revival all over the world. He's getting a bride ready to go. Hallelujah. This message came in power and demonstration. Night after night, the devil challenged And night after night, he was defeated. It showed that Satan is powerless before a son and daughter of God. 
Listen, this message met the challenge. This message will meet the challenge. This message is power. This message is deliverance. I don't know. I said, devil, you showed up in the wrong valley tonight. You showed up at the wrong church service tonight because there's a different set of ears in the camp tonight. These ears have heard the word of the Lord. These ears have heard that they will possess the gate of their enemy. These ears have heard that this is how you overcome. These ears have heard that they will take a rapture. These ears have heard that we will not go down in defeat. We have heard that the word of God will defeat the enemy any place, anywhere, anytime, under any circumstances. You showed up at the wrong place tonight. There's got to be somebody to say, on this day, I will take your head off. This challenge to my health, it will not go unanswered. This challenge to my deliverance, it will not go unanswered. This challenge to my salvation, it will not go unanswered. Goliath has shown up. So now we fight. You can't let the challenge go unanswered. Listen, there's deliverance for everybody. Not just for young people. I'm not picking on anybody, but it seems like most of the time when somebody comes up for deliverance, it's young people. It's always young people and the old people just sit back there. Y'all don't have any battles? I don't, I mean, I'm not trying to encourage everybody to run up for prayer. That's not what this is about. I'm just saying deliverance is for everybody. Not just for the listen. Some old folks, you know, I'll count myself there. I messed up before with the whole age thing. Look, you've had your victory stolen for so long you forgot it was gone. You don't know any other way than the way you are right now. Some of y'all never got delivered when you was young, and so now guess what? Young person problems Young man problems become grown man problems. Young girl problems become grown woman problems. There's no such thing as, well, I just grew up, so that devil went away. Oh, you got to have deliverance. Listen, I'll tell something to the young people right now. If you don't get delivered of that pornographic or that lust spirit, it'll follow right you into your marriage and it'll ruin your marriage. It'll destroy your home. That lust that follows families, if you don't get it dealt with right now, it'll follow you all. It, it don't go away because you're 60. And yeah, and just because you get married doesn't mean all of a sudden that thing goes away. It'll ruin you. It's time to get deliverance no matter who you are. It's time to get deliverance no matter what age you are. It's too late to play church. It's too late to have pride. It's too late to go up. It's too late to be like, I can't go tell them I'm going through that. Sure you can. Like I said earlier, there's no shame in having lost a battle. The shame is sitting there in your, in your defeat. The shame is when there's deliverance here and the water's troubled and your pride gets in the way of the eternal destination of your soul. I'm telling you, it's time to meet the challenge tonight. Quit playing with the thing and cut its head off. I don't care if you're 15, 25, 35, 45, 55, 65. Victory can be yours tonight. Lay your pride aside. Lay what people think aside and say, I will meet the challenge. I will be free. I will be loose to serve God in spirit and truth. Tell you what, young folks, that's just had an experience with God. The Lord's been really moving in our young people. It stirs my soul to see what He's been doing. 
I mean, if you just started your walk, Goliath's going to show up. And he's going to tell you it was nothing. He's going to tell you it was just emotion. He, he's going he's to tell you that nothing has really happened in your life. And if you sit there and you allow him to talk and you begin to listen to him and you begin to reason it out, he's going to begin to shake you. He'll begin to make you wonder. Did that really happen? Listen, don't give him time to make his boast. When he begins to talk, you stand your ground and you meet him with the word. You know what happened. You were there. You know the change that took place. You know the way your desires changed. Don't sit there and allow him to talk you out of those things. You know the deliverance that you received was real. But you're going to have to be willing to fight to keep it because he's going to come back and tell you that you didn't. The fight to get free is only the beginning. Now you've got to fight to keep your freedom. Listen, he paid for it. Brother Joe did a wonderful job, Sunday. I found my freedom in you. That freedom is available and you grab it and you take it. But we begin to listen and we begin to get pulled. And little by little, we give that freedom up. No, sir, not tonight. Anchor down. Buckle up. Meet the challenge. Meet him in the center of the ring. Answer the bell. I'm not giving it back. My deliverance was real. My experience was real. My Holy Ghost is real. And it will hold me. It will hold you tonight. But you've got to be willing to fight for it. I'm going to try to move quickly. 1 Samuel 17, 23. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. I've always loved this. I love how Brother Branham talked about a new set of ears. He said there was a new set of ears in the camp. And that set of ears tonight belongs to anointed people. That set of ears tonight belong to people that have seen God move. Listen, we're not some dead group of people that don't know what it's like to see the power of the supernatural God working. These people here have seen the bear of cancer raise up and they have seen it come down. These people here have seen the lion of suicide raise up and they have seen that lion be slain. They have seen that giant of lust raise up and try to take our young people and they have seen the head of that giant come off. Satan, let me give you fair warning tonight. This is not just some other denominational group. This is not just some man-made move of God. These are God's people. This is God's bride. This is a people ordained, a people anointed. Oh, I don't feel anointed, brother Aaron. That's okay. I promise you when David walked out there, there wasn't still anointing oil dripping off running down his neck. It had happened a long time ago, but he knew he knew his experience was real he was there when the anointing happened and he stepped out and tonight Satan you've picked the wrong group of people to torment it's time that we torment the tormentor it's time that we bring fear to the one that's trying to put fear upon us let him know we are meeting the challenge tonight these are sons of God these are daughters of God these are people that ain't afraid to swing a sword Church, you are the people. You are the people that's got to meet the challenge. We can't perpetuate the ages. There's not another age to come. It's you. It's your time. You have to do it. You are the heroes of faith of the Laodicean age. You are the called out. You are anointed for this challenge. And it's important that you recognize more than ever who you are. And what you're called for because in knowing who you are in Christ, you know your position in him. And therefore, you know what belongs to you. Listen, the problem with Saul is Saul and his men had forgotten who they were. 
It says in 17.1, Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shoka, which belonged to Judah. This was theirs. It was their possession. But sometimes we forget, well, I have every, right, every redemptive promise is mine. That's my promise. We, we, we have amnesia and the devil's walking all over something that belongs to us and we're just standing up there taking it. And Saul forgot what he was called to. The men forgot what they were called to be. That that Philistine was in their land on their promise and they forgotten that they were God's people called for this very purpose to drive the enemy out of the promised land. To drive the enemy off their land. Listen, that's the same thing you're called to tonight. You're called to drive him out of your land, off of your promises. You're called to torment the tormentor. Listen, at Calvary, the price was paid. You owe the devil nothing. You owe him nothing. He has no rights to your health. He has no right to your mind. He has no right to your family. He has no rights. He has no rights to put those complexes on you that are literally sucking the very life out of you. That complex came from the enemy and he has no right to put that on you. Robbing you of your joy that God intends for you to live in. We're not to walk around depressed and beat down. The joy of the Lord is our strength. He batters against you and he, and he brings self-esteem issues. He brings feelings of worthlessness, feelings of guilt. Oh, why didn't I do things differently? I say meet him in the valley tonight and shut his mouth. I'm not going to let the devil torment me on my own land. I'm not going to stand here with him standing in my property, in my yard, on my promises, and let him run his mouth and torment me. Somebody's got to say enough is enough is enough. You are predestinated to be here. For what, brother? And why am I predestined? To meet the challenge. To meet the enemy. Look, you need to remind the devil tonight that he needed, the Lord Jesus needed somebody to overcome, and he chose you. Well, you're not very important, really, because God decided that I must be the, I'm the best because he put me in the last age, the final voice to the final age. And guess what? He chose you. He chose you. God needed somebody to rapture. Who'd he choose? He chose you. And we're going to let the devil tell us we're not worth very much. We're not very good. We're not. Listen, God chose the best of the best of the best. And he put them here in this last age. And I know you're having a hard time. Well, we're not supposed to build ourselves up. We're not. God did. He told you you were called. He told you you were chosen. He told you he was, you were his bride. He said it. He said it. It's his word. And if he says I can be the bride, I'm not going to argue with him. I'm just going to say, yes, Lord, I accept it. I'll take what you've given me. I accept the calling. I accept the challenge. If that's what you want me to be, Lord, I accept it tonight. I accept all that you have for me, Lord. He chose you. Brother Branham says, look, I want you to notice. He does it that way in every age. He does it every time by the same method. He has to take believers. And then in order to have the believers to meet that word, he's got to predestinate it to that age. You see it? He's got to predestinate this thing to be there to meet the challenge of the age. Did you get it? Did you feel it? Did you see it? Do you understand it? That's what's happening today. He predestinated it to this by his foreknowledge. When he predestinated in Malachi 4, it's got to happen. When he come over and predestined anything to happen in his word, he had to prove his word to be so. 
when he predestinates anything to happen and says it will happen, he knows that seed will be there just at that time. He predestinated a bride. She's going to be there, going to be a rapture. She's going to be there. He predestinates it by his foreknowledge. See, there's nothing going to stop it. Now where's that uncircumcised devil at? Where's those lies at now he's been telling you? He predestinated you to be here to meet the challenge. And the prophet of God said there is nothing going to stop it. Absolutely nothing. That devil's been telling me I'm not going to make it. Does he not realize that the very reason I exist is to make it? The very reason I breathe air. The very reason I was put on this earth. I was put here by Almighty God to make it. Brother Ann, am I going to make it? That's why you're here. You're going to make it. You are going to make it. That's why he's put you here. This isn't some in general thing. This isn't, well, we're going to overcome the challenge of the age. Well, we're going to defeat Goliath. No, it's got to be you. You got to be ready. Because you're going to face your Goliath and you're going to have your challenges and your giants. You are going to be the one that has to face it. You're going to face the enemy. But listen, you can rest assured that when you do, if you do it standing on the word, you will be victorious. You will win. Brother Branham said many times, I've been challenged all over the world and he has backed me up and met the challenge every time. And you've got to have that same assurance that you know that you know that when you meet the enemy, he's going to back you up every single time. Because let me tell you, church, you don't know when Goliath's going to show up. You don't know. Thinking things can be going pretty well. And the next thing you know, you're staring at a giant. It's never going to be when you expect it. It's never going to be when you've planned for it. Look what the scriptures say about David in verse 17. And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to thy brethren, and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand, and look how thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. David just going grocery shopping. He's just on, he's taking some cheese. Uh, he did not wake up that morning and go, today's the day. I'm going to kill Goliath. No, he's like, I got to kick this cheese and this bread. I got to deliver it there, boy. I'm just a little errand boy. How many times? I got to wash these dishes. I got to fold this laundry. I got to go to work. It's just another day. I'm tired of teaching middle schoolers. They're really getting on my nerves. <laughs> it's just another day. It's just another day of laundry. It's just another day of mowing the grass. And Goliath shows up. Yeah. Well, you tell me, Brother Aaron, you better be ready. That's not the time to get prayed up. Brother Brandon would talk about Shamgar. He didn't have time to learn how to fight. He didn't have time. He just got enough. He just had enough. He just got tired of dealing with it. He got tired of being robbed. He got tired of the enemy trespassing. He got tired. And one day they showed up. It was just another day. It was just Tuesday. And they showed up. The problem is they only brought 600. Listen, I know we say it a lot. It's one of my favorite things. The devil ain't got enough. If he'd have had enough, he'd have sent enough. 
but he sent 600 and guess what it wasn't enough Goliath wasn't enough the lion's den wasn't enough the Red Sea wasn't enough and whatever he sent in your life tonight let me tell you it is not enough he does not have enough because me and God is a majority you and God is a majority there's more for us than there is against us but there's 200 million million I don't care it ain't enough to stop the bride of Jesus Christ from going in this rapture he don't have enough but Goliath wasn't enough even though it was just a grocery run it wasn't in some powerful youth camp. It wasn't in some powerful service. He was taking bread and cheese to his brethren. But we never get to choose when our battle comes. We never get to choose when it's our turn. But you're going to have a turn. You can't just go along looking the part, acting the part, playing the part, and think you're going to make it. Because there comes a day when looking the part, playing the part, acting the part, ain't going to stand up to Goliath. There's a reason Saul couldn't face because his experience wasn't up to date. If you're having a hard time facing your giants, where's your experience at? David could walk out there in confidence. He didn't bat an eye because he had experience upon experience upon experience, and it was fresh. It was a fresh experience. Can't play the part. Can't just act the part. Saul had the army looking good. If you looked out there, you said, that's a tough army. Really? They ain't come out of their tents in 40 days because they're scared of one guy. But he had them looking good. Their armor was shined up. They knew all the restored doctrines. They knew all the message terminology. They knew all the buzzwords. They had eagle belt buckles and 270s galore but not enough faith to pray for a toothache. Not enough faith to stand there when they're challenged and called out. Get to the points where the only thing that the ministry becomes in some places is to bash other ministries. Saul, you need to repent because there's a reason that your church, your army is still stuck in the tent and they hadn't went down. It took somebody from somewhere else that had an up-to-date experience to come in and show them how it was done. Are you talking about from no, I'm, I'm not talking about nothing. I'm saying if your experience is up to date, you can face the enemy. That's what I'm saying. Saul had them knowing the doctrines. But one day Goliath walked out. Look, you can watch others all you want go through things. You can say all the right things. We can have faith for others. We can say, I'm praying for you. I'm sorry this is going on. Everything's going to be okay. And you understand they're going through a battle. But brother, when it's you facing the devil, when it's your turn, all those little cute sayings and things don't really mean a whole lot. It does coming from other people. I'm talking about out of your lips. You better know the word. You better be ready to stand for the word. You better be ready to fight because when it's your turn and you are the one that has to walk down into the valley, then where are you going to be? Then what are you going to do? You better go back to the word. That's what David did. He went back to the word. He came to him in the word. What does the word say tonight? By his stripes, I'm healed. You can have perfect peace. Love casteth out fear. I can have the Holy Ghost. I will overcome. Meet him right there in that moment with that word. Do it day one. Don't let him talk. Listen, day one was the best opportunity that all them men had there to kill Goliath. If they would have went out on day one 
There were thousands of men there that had the opportunity to be the champion of Israel. They were given every opportunity. And of all those thousands there, there's very few of them who you know their name. Because men of courage leave legacies. Men of courage leave behind a legacy. And they left behind nothing but an army that was scared to face the enemy. That's what we know of them. Day one was their best opportunity. The very first time he made his challenge, every one of them there were seed of Abraham. All of them called, all of them chosen to possess the land, and yet fear gripped them. I believe that any man in that army, if they would have accepted the challenge and went out there to fight and met the Goliath in the name of the Lord the same way that David did, they would have been victorious. But they had listened so long to the lie of the devil that they began to believe his lies. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to make it. Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I am just a nobody. Oh, I, I'm just a new Christian. But then you don't understand. I'm just a new Christian. Listen, David had been in the army five minutes. He was as new a recruit as you could possibly be. Green. And he went and killed Goliath. It's not about how long you've been here. It's not, listen, if you just gave your heart to the Lord while ago while I was preaching, then you have the authority and the power to face any devil of hell and overcome him right now. You can face any enemy. You can face him and stand on the word of God and you will win. Church, what am I telling you tonight? Go out and face the enemy. Meet the challenge. You will be victorious. But as long as you stand back in fear, as long as you stand at the tent, as long as you're willing to let the devil come and disrupt your home and come in and bring sickness and fear and unbelief, you will not live in victory. You will continue to live in the torment of the enemy saying you can't, you can't, you can't. Even like Tabernacle, you can. You can because he did. He's already won that victory for you. He's trying to keep you in your tent tonight. But I say Goliath has shown up and now we must fight. This is to bring this down to a close right now. Church tonight, you are the winner. Listen to me. You are the winner. You are the army of the living God. And you can not lose. Listen, you must accept the challenge because you are the only ones who can accept the challenge. Because you hold the promise. Oh, Brother Aaron, but I can't. Yes, yes, you can. The prophet of God says the hour is close at hand. They don't need to do anything else but go to work. Give them material, whatever's in their hand. Some might sing, some might preach, some might testify. We don't know. But what's ever in their hand, Samson only had the jawbone of a mule, but he slayed a thousand Philistines. Shamgar had the ox goat, and the Philistines was coming. He didn't have time to train to know how to fight. The Spirit of God come on him. He took the ox goat that was in his hand, and he beat down hundreds of Philistines. David had a slingshot. Goliath had challenged, but God was with the slingshot. Oh, I'm so unimportant. I'm so unworthy. I don't have much. All I've got is this little slingshot. It's okay if God is in the slingshot. He will direct that rock right to the killing place every single time. The problem is too many of us are leaving the rocks in our pocket and the sling in our back. Take it out tonight and just begin to twirl it. Begin to twirl it. By his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. He sent his word and healed them. The promise is unto them to as many as are. Let, let it go tonight. Let the arm of faith take control. God is with the slingshot. Turn it loose one time and see what happens. Turn it loose one time. 
Oh, but Brother Aaron, he's roaring tonight. He's roaring tonight. He told me I'm going to die. He told me I'm never going to be free of depression. He told me I'm never going to have peace. Listen, the closer you get to victory, the louder the boast of the enemy will become. The closer David got out there, the more he boasts and the more he challenged. The more he got out there, the more he tried to bring fear. The more he tried to bring unbelief. That just means you're right there at it. Don't stop. Don't turn around now. It's nothing but a bluff. Keep pressing towards him. Keep marching at him. Keep going there. He's looked, the angel of the Lord is just looking for somebody tonight to pick up a stone. Somebody tonight to pick up a promise and to put it in the slingshot of faith and turn it loose one time for your healing, for your deliverance, for your salvation, for your loved one. Meet the challenge tonight. Oh, you're right there at it. Don't back up. Don't back down. Push through. Break through. Oh, Goliath threatened more than ever. He said, and when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of fair countenance. And the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. Reminds me every time a demon's about to get cast out, how they begin to try to run their mouth. They begin to try to say things and snarl and try to bring fears because they're about to come out. It's because their head's about to come off. And the Goliath begins to boast and bring fear. I say challenge accepted. I say challenge accepted tonight. What's it matter, Brother Aaron, if I'm struggling with this? What's it matter? Nobody else knows. It's only me. Not true. It affects everybody in this building. It affects everybody. Look what happened when David killed Goliath. What happened? Musicians, you can come. I'm finishing right here. Your life, your victory, your battles matters to me. It matters to the person next to you. It matters to everybody in this building. Because David hit him right between the eyes and he went down. And he goes over there and he picks up this sword that's too heavy for him. He raises it up over his head and then he just lets it fall. And he grabs that head and he lifts it up over his head. And he turns and shows it to all those children of Israel that had been too afraid to come into the valley on their own. They had been too afraid to overcome that depression. They had been too afraid to face that anxiety. Too afraid that they were going to be struck down with lust the rest of their life. Too afraid they couldn't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he turned around and he showed the entire congregation. And he said, if I can do it, brothers and sisters, if I can do it, if I can overcome my fear, if I can overcome my anxiety, if I can overcome my trial, if I can overcome this, so can you. So can you. You can be victorious tonight. You can win tonight. And right then, all the brothers and sisters drew their sword and they charged into the valley. And Brother Branham said they chased them into the corner and they slaughtered Philistines. Your victory matters tonight. Your victory matters tonight. I say, Goliath has showed up. Now we fight. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. I'm watching. I'm watching. And when you kill him, lift his head up for me to see. Yeah, lift his head up for me to see. Oh, hallelujah. 
It does something to me to see a young person get free. It does something for me to see an old person get free. Lift his head up tonight. Let the world know I have accepted the challenge. No more will he come in and torment me. But tonight I'm coming out my tent. I'm going into the valley. And now we fight. It's what sons and daughters of God do. We don't back up. Brother Branham says they don't know what retreat means. We're going forward tonight, church. We're going forward. There will be victory. There will be deliverance. There will be healing. And ultimately, there will be a rapture. There will be a rapture. I'm going home to be with my Lord. I'm going home to be with my Lord. The greatest victory ever is when I leave this body and I step into immortality. But between now and then, I'm going to whip that devil up one side and down the other. He will have no peace in my home. He said he wasn't going to let my home have peace. No, sir. You come into my house, you will have no peace. I will torment you. I will fight you. I will kick you. I will call. You will never want to fight me again. I say let him have it tonight. I say give him all you got tonight. I say fight with everything that's in you. Your soul depends on it. Your life depends on it. We all are depending on it. God bless you tonight, church. God bless you. Meet the challenge. Meet the challenge. Fight. Going all the way.